welcome everybody to Emergency Podcast MBA tip-off edition. Normally, I do my emergency podcast with Cade McCurdy only, but now we're jo- we are joined by Cade and friends at this point. For Charlie Bevins, Abbas Adwala, DJ Morell, and Cade McCurdy, I am Jacob Robinson on Radio DePaul Sports Podcast Edition, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons, but without Jack Dragon, who is here in spirit. He's uh, He has touched us all. If there was, I would say, the GOAT, of round table, round table, uh, what was the, the, the round table of NBA greatness and NBA discussion? If there was an A team that I was building, these guys right here would make pretty good B team. Um, but I appreciate you guys for uh, being able to join on such short notice as we are going to probably send this out either the day after the NBA tip off or the same day as NBA tip off. We'll see. Um, how you guys doing? Give me a quick, quick little rundown. Since it is still quarantine, we check on the mental health of everybody. So how are you guys doing? D- Jacob, I thought you were going to say we were the A team. And I'm like, dude, you know, you're not <laughs> going to get an honest take out of me. Everything I say is biased about the NBA. So like, <laughs> you can expect like a couple Bulls mentions. <laughs> right. We're, we're really here to talk about the Chicago Bulls. And the Chicago yeah, I, was just, Bulls. I want to spend as little time as possible talking about the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> Fair enough. Cade. How has uh, how has the NBA offseason treated you? You know, besides the part where Notre Dame made the playoffs only to waste everyone's time on national television again, I've been having a pretty good NBA offseason. And what will your response be when we have to do an emergency podcast when Notre Dame beats Alabama in overtime? Oh, I'll be thrilled. But what is your response going to be when they lose by 62? At least we made it. I see. Okay. At least we I hate, made it. I hate both of those teams, so I don't care. who. DJ, Ohio State. Versus Clemson, give me a quick vibe check about how we're feeling. I'm feeling very confident. Very confident. Even if Ohio State's playing with a chip on their shoulder after Dabo Swinney said that they're 11th in his rankings? (laughs) I did see that. Uh, I don't have any confidence in Justin Fields, I'm being honest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. But enough college football talk before we talk about the existence of Notre Dame as a program. This is purely NBA basketball related. Um, And I've brought these four gentlemen, these fine young gentlemen on to give me their takes, insight, analysis, because when I'm confused about who I think should win the finals, I just run it by these four and they'll tell me whether or not I am correct and incorrect. I'm just, you know what? We're just going to go right to it. I'm going to put, I'm going to throw you guys right into the fire. My first question, and anybody who uh, wants to take this can take this, was the Miami Heat's run in the bubble. Are you guys going to consider this season to show that it was a fluke last year, or are they going to double down on their success this upcoming year? Well, I will say that the environment of the bubble probably benefited no team as much as the Heat because from what I read and see and hear, they essentially run a paramilitary organization that is disguised as a basketball team. <laughs> eat, sleep, breathe, working out in basketball, and they sell coffee for $30 a cup. Uh, really? Because it's not a basketball-related activity. So I think that it wasn't a fluke that they made it to the finals, but assuming we don't have the playoffs in the bubble again, uh, they will probably regress. Has there been any takes from Adam Silver on whether or not there's going to be a bubble for a postseason again, or we'll cross that bridge when we get to it? Uh, I think, I think they're going to uh, cross the bridge when they get to it again. Because yeah, this is way out. What, finals is what, in July? Right before yeah. the Olympics? So, and yeah, they, they want, they want that sweet playoff uh, ticket revenue. 
a Boston Charlie, there has been talks over the past couple of years about how weak the Eastern Conference is compared to the West. And this season, we might have a little bit of a power shift in teams that are normally dominant in the West versus teams that are dominant in the East. I'll give you a short list. We have Miami, Milwaukee, Boston, Brooklyn, and I'm forgetting any Eastern, maybe Toronto. Did you put Philly in there? Maybe Philadelphia and Toronto. How the East seems a lot more heavy this year compared to last uh, last couple of years. Is there anything you guys are looking for in terms of a team that's going to separate itself from the pack? Uh, I'm. We can maybe get into this later. I personally am actually really excited for uh, Philadelphia, uh, based on you know I think Doc Rivers is kind of the right coach for if if they're going to get anything out of this Simmons Embiid thing. I think Rivers is kind of the guy who's at least going to uh, make some sort of progress in that. Also, they finally kind of started assembling a roster that makes sense around these guys, and that's sort of what Daryl Morey does. They're able to get rid of that Horford contract. And they uh, they added shooting with uh, Seth Curry and Danny Green. I just, you know, it, we, we've been asking ourselves, when is this going to work with Simmons and Embiid for the last few years? So it is kind of uh, maybe cheap to say, like, well, if Simmons and Embiid figure it out. But I think if, if it's going to happen, I think Doc Rivers is the kind of coach that's going to get it done. So you're definitely looking forward to seeing what Philadelphia can do at Boston. Is there a team in the Eastern Conference that you're excited to see for this season? I feel like this was on my mind from before this game, but uh, I do think the Nets, I mean, if, if Durant and Irving are healthy, uh, and Durant arguably before he got hurt was, if not the best, at least the second best player in the league, I think you could make that argument. So if he's anywhere close to that, the Nets could be the best team in the conference, mm-hmm. if not the second best team in the conference. Uh, and I feel like they're going to go all the way if they're healthy. All the way if they're healthy. Um, are there any storylines from an, an overall perspective in the NBA that's kind of piquing your guys' interest as we go into the 2020 to 21 season, whether it be no fans in attendance during all of these NBA games, the possibility of switching over to a bubble, or are you really looking at just player, coach, organization storylines as a whole? I would just say more – I'm actually, like, looking for – like, looking at, like, all the – like, injuries-wise, how everyone's going to – be since with the shortened season especially the teams that went like far in the playoffs because mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of teams what well, it's been what a month and a half since the lakers won the championships and like that so i'm really curious to see like how much rest players get and how many like how many games they play and you know injuries hopefully not too many though the shortened off season do you think it hurts los angeles as opposed to helping them uh i mean it hurts lebron if anything because he's in his 18th year so as much the more rest he gets, the better he feels. So I don't know. Well, all right then. On that pause in action, I will. Uh, I'll probably start with it. Does anybody want to volunteer to go first in terms of their instead of going your one through eight and then your predictions from there? I'll just do this for it. We'll start first with your biggest surprise prediction and your biggest disappointment prediction. Does anybody I, have any so- any candidates? Sorry, real quick. Could I uh, uh, could I add something to the most interesting thing? I think yes. for me, it's, it, it's this Harden situation because mm. you know you saw that list of teams that were added to it to the teams he'd be okay going to, and um, I'm not sure how much say he would have ultimately had if like Milwaukee swung a trade for him. But 
you know, he can change the entire landscape of the NBA or the entire makeup of the Western Conference if he goes to like Denver, for example. All of a sudden, they became they become uh, even bigger threats than they already are. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know what whatever. It, it seems like it's not. It seems like the Brooklyn thing is pretty unrealistic, uh, as more reports have come out about that. But you know, if he goes to Philly, and then uh, you would assume Ben Simmons goes back in that trade. What is that? What does that team look like? Um, and then you know, we had this Tim McMahon story that broke uh, on ESPN that talked about just kind of how weird the culture is in Houston. You know, I'm personally interested to see how Harden adjusts to a new environment where he's where it's not everything is catered towards him. Um, but yeah, I think for me right now, the biggest storyline is uh, what's going on in Houston. I kind of have a weird take going off that Houston. Uh, uh, I kind of, honestly, I kind of wish Harden was buying into that team this year because honestly, I kind of like the their makeup more than, I've, than I have in the last few years. I still have faith in John Wall. And honestly, like, dude, DeMarcus Cousins looked pretty decent in preseason. Like, he still looked like he can get it done. Christian Wood looks like he's going to be amazing. So, like, I kind of like how that team was shaping up. Uh, they look, they look kind of decent. I, I, I'd, honestly, I'd really be interested to see how Harden does with like big men like that. Right. Because, like, I mean, Dwight Howard wasn't it. Clint Capella wasn't it. Where do you, where do you it. think he'll end up? I have no idea. I have no idea. I feel like it's so up in the air where he's going to end up. I want. I wanted him to go to the Heat, but that seems to have broken off. Right. So I'll ask uh, you guys I think this. Would fit in there. I'll ask the four of you this, since we don't, since it's up in the air about where he'll end up. So I don't necessarily have to ask you your prediction on where he ends up. How about this? What team would be the best fit for Harden? Uh, I mean, like, I, in terms of like, do they have the assets to trade for him, or just like ideal best? Or fit? I, ideal best fit in terms of what system, coach, organization would you think he would su- uh, succeed the most in? Would it be a Houston team if he stayed put? Would it be a obviously Brooklyn is unrealistic, but if it was KD, Kyrie, and Harden, that would be the best fit. Is it a sleeper team like Philadelphia, at a left field team like Denver, or? Who knows at this point? I'm going to give this with a big caveat in that you'd need to get Harden to buy in, but I think he could fit in. And also this trade makes no sense with the way I'm going to describe that makeup of the team. But if he ended up somehow in the trailblazers with some combination of Dame, Nurkic, I assume CJ McCollum goes back in the trade, but they've got shooters to surround him with. They've got a guy who can also uh, space the floor and like, create plays off the dribble and Dame. They got a big man to run pick and roll. I think that could be a very interesting team if that's where he ended up. Damon Harden has always, has always intrigued me so much. I feel like that would be just so much fun to watch. I don't know how it would work, but like that would be amazing too. It would be very interesting. Our two resident Blazer fans might be able to tell you whether or not they agree with the take on whether or not Harden would be a good fit in Portland. Now Harden with Carmelo I would be I think my my 12-year-old self or 13-year-old self would be oh absolutely hyped about the, the possibilities. The Carmelo the Carmelo slender already starts, Jake. No, 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 no. There <laughs> there will be as much as Cade and DJ know how much I slander uh Carmelo Anthony's name, there is no Carmelo hate at least on on this podcast. Um okay, so but Cade as a 76ers fan, how would you embrace Harden going to the going to the Sixers? Well, Harden would 
he would change basically we would give up on ben simmons is what that would require and we would be giving up kind of our defensive identity for an absolutely wrecking ball offense because normally teams will just double joel and beat sag off sag off simmons but if you have to double harden you can't also double Embiid, or you're spending two defender or four defenders on two guys right. so i think it would open up the floor for Embiid a lot um or Harden, either way, like pick your pick your poison. I think it would be a, a very great fit if we could make the trade work without giving up too many assets. Last take on that, DJ. You have the last word. Any any team that would intrigue you the most when it comes to Harden? Uh, I'd honestly have to agree with Cade. Mostly the Sixers. I, I this is gonna sound stupid, but like the Warriors, I think he would fit really well there too with the freedom of movement they have. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I don't really know because his he'd have to switch up his whole style of play because. It's just the, the system that they played in with D'Antoni just doesn't doesn't work. It doesn't work anywhere else. So I, I'd be really curious to see. But like I remember, I saw that quote. I forget who said it, but like he's always wanted to play like basketball. Like what like what they've been playing in Houston isn't really your like typical basketball. It's just like switch get the, get the big men on you and just isolate one on one on up on the top of the key. So like I don't really I don't really know where he'd play well less, but I'd say the Sixers is a good spot. I would say. Um... What I'm trying to think what the what the proper phrase is, um, on what which universe, which parallel universe do we see a KD Harden Russell Westbrook reunite, uh, you know, reunion in Oklahoma City? Is that no, is that no. at one percent odds? Is that two percent odds? Or are we talking that's as likely as Notre Dame putting up a fight against Alabama? As likely as Notre Dame put up a fight against. I would Alabama. say it's more likely that Notre Dame gives Alabama a fight than they. <laughs> Than, than so for one, KD wouldn't want to play with Harden or Westbrook, I think. I don't think – not a lot of people do want to play with Harden, especially because of how ball dominant he is. And Westbrook's, like, one of the lowest IQ superstars in the league, so. Interesting. Wow, the Westbrook slander begins. The I love – trust me, I love begins. Westbrook, but, like, yeah, a lot of times he makes some bowhead plays that just don't make sense. So I got a quick thing. Would you – I feel like it, it's a it's a very cold take – but honestly, I would love to see Harden play with Ben Simmons. How, how I, come? Like I completely agree. Be, I would be. I think it'd be so much fun watching those two play together. Like I think they would run the entire time, uh, and with that with that type of passing on the court, and like you can go small too if you don't have a traditional center. The most fascinating part of a Simmons Harden matchup is. You probably have Simmons, who's 6'10 or 6'11, cover the other team's best guard or wing, and you have Harden guard like a power forward on defense. Like that's probably how you make the defensive matchups work. And it could be, it could feasibly work since Harden is about as thick as one can get outside of Kyle Lowry. <laughs> outside of Kyle. Um, nobody asked the host's opinion, but I'm going to side with the boss on this. I, I would be excited to see if Harden were to stay in Houston. Um, and they run a different style of basketball that isn't D'Antoni basketball. And I'm, I'm, I'm all for John Wall to come back to John Wall form. I miss him more than I miss, you know, you guys as, as a collective. Um, but on that note, biggest surprise, biggest disappointment prediction, um, who were the most intrigued by, um, a- any takers for this one? Here is my most surprising team. That is also going to be the hottest take I probably have on this podcast. The number one team in the Western Conference is going to be the Denver Nuggets by three games at least. Break it down for me. 
what, what I have the same thoughts, by the way. I can see it. I can see Michael it. Porter Jr. is going to make a big leap in scoring. Gary Harris is going to be healthy. They are going to get Will Barton back, which is essentially like getting an extra player for free. And they are going to make the leap. Additionally, they got a lot of confidence from the playoffs, but they went out early enough that they'd have, they've had time to rest. I think the Lakers are going to be banged up. The Clippers are going to need time to adjust to their new coach. I don't think, I think maybe the Mavs could make a big leap too, but I don't think they're going to get quite there yet this season with such a shortened truncated off season to integrate their new pieces. So I think the Nuggets are in pole position to be the number one team in the West. I think is, is Michael Porter Jr. Like the biggest X factor in the NBA right now. Cause I mean, you watch him yeah. and you go, I get it. Like for him, it really is just a matter of health. Like his scoring ability at his size is really unique. I will but, say that dude plays zero defense. Yeah, no, defensively he's, he, he has to get better. He's moving his feet, his slow feet. And also I think he's talked about it in the offseason and he's working on his ball handling. So pick and roll, he can actually do a lot more with that if he can work on his ball handling. But uh but yeah, he's it's health is the big the the number one thing. Is yeah, like I, I just say if he if he gets even close to his scoring potential, you have him and you have him, you have Murray, and you have Jokic, who's probably second best center in the league behind Anthony Davis. I mean, that's that's a really scary team. So I agree with you. And even if even if he doesn't you know, reach that ultimate ceiling. Mm-hmm. If he's still a pretty good scorer, that's still a really dangerous team. Well, I'm going to ask Cade this. Cade, you neglected to mention anything from Jokic and, um, and Jamal Murray. I know there's not a lot that you would expect, quote-unquote, from Nikola Jokic because a lot, of him, a lot of people consider him to be the best center in the league if you consider AD as a power forward or the second best center in the league if you consider AD to be a center. Um, is there anything you want to see from Jamal Murray this season or really he's hit, uh, hit his peak, it's on his role players more than it's on him? He needs to find his consistency. We've seen the highs. We've seen the lows. He needs to bring the lows up. If he can just raise his game-to-game floor but to basically where it was in the playoffs and he can keep the same nuclear highs, I think that's the only adjustment he'll need to make. The biggest thing with the Nuggets, too, when it comes to playoff time is defense. Like, they're such a bad defensive team, and it and a lot of it is on Jokic. Like, he cannot guard a pick and roll. He sits so far back in the paint that we're, like, it's just walking into a mid-range jumper every time, and that's, that's a problem. So I think if they have to, like, switch up their defensive scheme, he has to play, at least try to get a little more light on his feet, but I think the biggest thing too is they're like uh, that third dynamic score, that consistent third dynamic score that they're missing. And um, I could step into that. Also, like I don't, they're they're without Grant. Who who's gonna guard like LeBron, Kawhi? Who's gonna guard? They don't have like a small forward who can play defense at a high level. So they would like to make Porter. Would they need Michael Porter to step up? One clarification: I've said nothing about the playoffs, but you don't really need a LeBron stopper in the regular season. That's really true. That's really yeah. like I'm not I'm not like going against your take. Mm-hmm. I'm just like given my uh I, I feel like I feel like that'll doom Denver in the long run. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. Um but it's like they weren't gonna give Jeremy Grant sixty million. Like yeah. only Detroit really can do that. <laughs> they were I actually read that they were willing to pay him more than Detroit paid him. But the big problem was that he wanted he wanted a chance to be the guy on another team. He wants to be the best player, which it's Jeremy Grant, so I'm not That's holding so insane. But like, if you wanted to be the best player on a team, why do you go to a team that had Blake Griffin? I mean, how many games Blake Griffin played? 
Yeah, I mean, I don't. I, either way, the whole thought is blasphemous, regardless. Yeah. Fair enough. So, Kate's pick was the Denver Nuggets. Charlie, a boss DJ, your biggest surprise prediction of the print of the uh, 2020 season, whether it be season or playoffs. And I'll also allow it to a player as well. If uh, you didn't want to do the team aspect. I'd say, uh, I'd say the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. I really think the Pelicans can take another step forward this year. Zion's looking a lot lighter on his feet. I think he lost what, 20 pounds in the off season. And um, Brendan Ingram's still there. They got Lonzo. They picked up Steven Adams. Um, so I think, I think they can really make a push to be like a decent playoff team. Every guy's favorite white guy in JJ Redick. Um, <laughs> well, he's going on. Is he, is he starting? Is he starting now? Or is he coming off the bench though? I would assume coming off the bench. What is your expect? So your biggest surprise, what, what does that mean for the Pelicans in terms of your surprise? Like what's your expectation? I think, I think they could win a playoff series, a first round playoff series. Give me, I'm going to put you on the spot here. So you said they could win a playoff sp- yes. series. What teams do you think that they could beat in a playoff series in the Western could, Conference? Um, well, it depends where they're on the seeding wise, but I could see them be in, if they get like the sixth seed. So you have, I think it'd be Lakers, Clippers one and two. I think the Nuggets will be at three. They could beat the Nuggets because the Nuggets have consistency and like inability to play defense. Never, I'm not fully sold on the Clippers at all after last year and then all the turmoil in the locker room. But um, yeah, I think they could. There's a couple teams they could beat the Rockets, but I think they'll be. They're probably seated near the Rockets. The Rockets make the playoffs, so I don't know. Could they beat the Utah Jazz in a series? Of course. Mike Greylock could beat the Utah Jazz. The Jazz, the Jazz just gave Rudy Gobert the biggest bag for a big man in history, which I can understand. You can't lose him, but he's not worth forty million. You know what I mean? That's yeah, that's fair. You're preaching to the choir here about uh Rudy Gobert. This is a this is a neutral, if not slightly anti Rudy Gobert. I want to say this is a full anti Rudy Gobert podcast because we never hate people, mm-hmm. um, except uh, Patrick Beverly. But um, I would say that this is a slightly leaning towards. Also, don't be surprised. Don't be surprised if Paul George comes back and MVP candidate uh, can like be an MVP candidate. Oh, that's interesting. I'll be really surprised. I think I think he might come back with because he missed what well, he missed like twenty something games to start the season last year and like came into like the team like already behind Kawhi and I right. think with all the slander he really has something to prove and people forget like he was top three MVP candidate if not in the first place was was it twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen when he was just uh, two seasons ago and then he had that shoulder ago. injury yeah the towards the end of the year and that could like derailed him completely yeah so, I like, agree I with that I think Paul George is going to be back there there won't yeah. be any more. Pandemic P. I think that <laughs> no nickname's going. Pandemic P. <laughs> Pandemic. Um, but all I'm saying, if you're gonna, if you're gonna self-appoint, if you're gonna pick your nickname and you're gonna pick playoff P, maybe get past the first round after. Yeah, I mean, but he's year. he used to, he would always deliver in the playoffs when he was with the the Pacers. Like, yeah, no, I, yeah. That, by that delivery, mean would lose to LeBron, but fair. I mean, right, yeah, but that's but like the he Pacers play well like, in those games though. He was their best. He carried them <laughs> to games. Remember the. I'm just going to interrupt for two seconds because this has to be brought to light for Charlie and Abbas. Um, I just received a text from Evan Sully that reads out, I've not watched the entire game, but from the bit I've seen, it looks like Andrew Wiggins might be having one of the worst games of his career. He is, bro. Oh, my God. Oh, he, just, he just made a three. <laughs> but, like, he really – he traveled on a step back. <laughs> um, back uh, to the content, him- though. Real quick, him yeah. and Ubre. I've been wa- watching the second half while we're talking. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
they make some of the silliest mistakes I've ever seen. It's it's really, really funny, actually. It's but like it's crazy because you have the like Andrew Wiggins will play this, but the next game he'll drop like forty and be like, "What the? Yeah, what, what is going make any on?" Sense. Um, Charlie and Abbas, your your biggest surprise um, prediction for the twenty twenty season. You know, I'm uh, I, you and I have maybe some disagreements about Russell Westbrook, but I'm gonna give some Russell Westbrook praise here. I think Washington's gonna be pretty good this year. I think with uh, the, their ability to score, I mean, you have you have Beal obviously, but now you have Westbrook. Those guys are gonna they're gonna play every game and they're gonna go super hard every game. Mm-hmm. You have Bertans. I really I've always really liked Robin Lopez. He's I think he's a nice fit there. Um, you know, they're gonna allow a ton of points, but uh, I, they're gonna be at least a really fun team to watch. I could see them being, uh, I, you know, they're obviously not an Eastern Conference contender, but they could really throw some people off in the playoffs. How good is pretty good. I, th- I have them. So in, uh, in those, um, in our, in our one through eight, I have them getting in as a seven seed because you know, the top five, six is really good. But you know, if Toronto, I'm kind of not really sold on what Toronto could be this year. I could see Toronto having uh, sort of a, a disappointment of a season, you know, Washington ends up ahead of them as like a six seed or something like that. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, I just think they're going to be fun to watch. And it seems like when the expectations are relatively low on Russell Westbrook, that's when he does the most or at least um, helps his ball club in ways that when the expectations are high or the pressure's on sometimes, at least in the regular season, um, there's a lot of expectations around the Houston Rockets last year um, just because of when you see Russ and Harden, you think to yourself, oh, this is going to be instant success. It kind of really fell a little bit short of that mark. Washington no disrespect to the the to the you know the great fans of the Wizards, but it's not like there's a lot of expectations there. Um, and you said yourself, you know, him and Beal do make a really good duo. But in terms of like Russell Westbrook expectations, he could he could surprise a lot of people. I'm with you on that. And uh, I'll be. I think Harden's just kind of hard. He's just difficult to play with. I think just as far as like you know he he barely moves when he's off ball. Um, uh, that's so the biggest it, thing. Here, yeah. And, you know, that's something that is going to drive somebody like Russell Westbrook crazy. And I think paired up with somebody like Beal, who, you know, as I mentioned, is going pretty hard every night. You know, Westbrook's going to get 25 basically a night, and uh, um, Beal is good for 20 to 30 every night. So those two, I think they're just going to be really fun to watch. I keep saying that. He has to improve his efficiency too, Westbrook does. Yeah, they both do. Yeah. Uh, do you say defense or efficiency? Sorry. Efficiency. Yeah. Efficiency. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I'm not, I'm looking really, I'm really looking forward to seeing if Rui Hachimura can do anything and take a step forward in his second year um, as a wizard. I, I thought he showed a lot of promise last season. He's a lot better than I thought he'd be last season. Yes. Yes. He's taken definitely a big step forward. Um, I wonder to see if they can get anything out of Thomas Bryant. Um, I saw his name pop up a couple of times throughout the preseason. Um, and Russell Westbrook was known for making players around him better in Oklahoma city, especially after the departure of KD, um, or at least from like a role player standpoint. So hopefully this, you know, he'll take that trait with him to Washington, a boss. What say you about your biggest surprise? Um, or what do you think will end up being the biggest surprise of the season? Uh, I think initially it was like Memphis, but it's more so just Morant. Um, I think he's, I mean, he had the great rookie year. I think he's going to be even better in his second year. So if you're saying biggest surprise, are we, are we thinking borderline MVP candidate? 
I mean, I wouldn't say borderline MVP because I don't think the team is good enough, especially if Jackson's going to miss a decent amount of the beginning of the season with that meniscus. Um, was it meniscus or was it something else? I can't, but I know he's going to miss a little bit at the beginning of the year. Right. Uh, but I think Morant is going to be insane this year. I feel like I, I'm also a little biased too because uh, I'm so tired of how much the media talks about Zion. Uh, okay. I, I I get so sick of it after a little bit because it's like I feel like this guy's already annoyed it as like LeBron 2.0. <laughs> right. I'm like, man, we've seen 25 games. Let's slow down. Right. Let's slow down a little bit. Um. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Morant does. I think Morant is gonna he's gonna be legit for a while as long as he doesn't have any injuries. Right. And I mean, the team isn't that bad. <laughs> I mean, he makes Jonas he makes Valanciunas look decent. Mm-hmm. Like, I'll give that to Morant. I think they're going to be really entertaining. I don't know how much they're going to win uh, in, because the West still – the bottom of the West still is a little packed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think they're going to be really entertaining, and Morant is going to be insanely good. Um, I, I was just going to say before we get to Charlie's <clears throat> point, uh, much to Cade's chagrin, Abbas, me and you stand for a lot of things, but we don't – but what we don't stand for is – media hype and attention towards an organization or a player who hasn't shown it just yet, or at least the delivered only, on the bigger stage just yet. The only thing that Jake likes to get un, uh, unearned media attention is Notre Dame. So, you know, and anything else he can't stand. <laughs> I, I would say Notre too, I, catching strays. I, I, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a hard world out here, Charlie. It's, I it's would, really... I would say too that like I low key do I miss the Zion hype because now it's the Melo Ball hype and he's not even like mm. compared to what Zion was doing he's not doing anything and he's getting five posts a day so like at least Zion that's was just Bleacher Report though numbers. yeah that's just yeah, that's, that's just overtime and how oh that's Bleacher God. Report overtime <laughs> Bleacher Report is like list? LeBron Zion Lamelo now yeah I <laughs> muted Bleacher Report list? the top list, they had KD at ten. The top 10 oh, uh, yeah, that was just, oh, my God. Luka Doncic at three. I was like, bro, I'm done. Charlie, you were, you were going to make a point, though, before I cut you off? Yeah, I was just going to add, like, do you, uh, Abbas, do you think Morant could could we see him, or I guess just everybody in general, do you think we could see Morant uh, having, you know, like a like a second-team All-NBA type year? I think it's possible. It'd be tough in the West, but, like, I feel like, I feel like depending on how, what the stats end up being, and if he's doing it efficiently, you never know, because, like, he there just are feels so like so many good guards. Yeah, that's yeah, the thing. So many yeah. good guards. So many. It would have been guards. easier if you were a forward. Be back this year. Yeah, you'd yeah. have, have to beat up what Steph, um, Harden, Trey, Lillard, Doncic, well, Trey's in, Trey's in the Kyrie, Trey's in the East. Wait, no, wait, no, oh, I, no, yeah, all, NBA. I, all NBA. Yeah, all NBA. I'm sorry. I was thinking, um, thinking All Star. Um, yeah, that. Yeah, there's so many guards here to beat up. I'd be tough, but like I, I wouldn't I think like he could find it, his way on the team if he puts in even if it's third team, I think he could find his way on that yeah. team. Yeah. It'd be My, kind of a crime if Bradley Beal doesn't get it this year. That's all I'll say. Another yeah, it depends on how he does, but Especially I would agree. good. My um my biggest surprise of this season is gonna be Steph Curry. Um obviously uh, there for people that know and understand basketball and watch it at a, you know, at a top level, obviously everybody knows Steph Curry is a top five player in the NBA when fully healthy, but I think it'll be a little bit of a Kawhi Leonard effect where we kind of sh- undervalue how much he can really do and bring to the table. Um, a lot of people were not necessarily discounting Kawhi Leonard, but 
you know, the term sleeping on him as a player. Um, we definitely saw with Kawhi Leonard when he went from San Antonio and hurt to Toronto, had an outstanding season, led him to the championship. And I wouldn't be shocked that if Steph Curry popped off and had probably a typical Steph Curry season, like we saw from like 2014 to 2017, um, by his standards, but it probably catch a lot of people by surprise because they forgot how good he's going to be. Um, the only thing I'll say about Steph, I feel like he's going to put up the numbers, but I feel like I might be overreacting too. His team doesn't look that good, so I feel no, like he's they're a, not going to be good. Drop. I feel like his efficiency is going to drop a little bit because, like, I don't think you're not going to go 50, 40, 90 when you're going to have to take a bunch of bailout shots because the rest of your team kind of sucks. I mean, is yeah, the team I mean, not good because is... is the team not good because loss of Clay Thompson or just the pieces that they added? I think I think just the, the pieces too. that are on the team. Yeah, I mean, like I will say this too though: it's the first, it's the first game of the year. Like in this, yeah, like, why, why isn't play Draymond hasn't Draymond's not playing right now. He's he's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when they're all together, I think they get more consistency, like getting used to playing with each other. Because it's the first time he's playing with Wiggins. Wiggins first time he's playing with Steph and Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Like so, and there's a lot of new players. I think eventually they'll find a groove and be like a solid, like lower playoff team, like maybe like eight or seven seed. And I think I, he'll, yeah, like I think th- th- I think they'll they'll catch steam, but mm. I still feel I mean like dude, last time you played when you were healthy, you were playing with Thompson, Durant, and Draymond Green. Green is a little older. Thompson's not there. Durant's not there. So I feel like I feel like it's gotta lead to at least some drop in efficiency. If it doesn't, the man is un is just insanely good. If he's scoring thirty a night and still shooting fifty, forty, ninety, then. I don't know, man. <laughs> so from what you guys are saying, and I don't know Kate's full opinion on this, you can definitely chime in as well, Kate. Uh, would you guys not – so you wouldn't be surprised if they missed the playoffs in the West? Uh, I Honestly, I would be surprised. I would be surprised if they missed the playoffs in the West. I'd be I wouldn't fairly... be surprised, but not because of tonight's game. There are just a lot of good teams in the West, and so someone's going to have to be missed in, like, the shuffle. And yeah. if it's the Warriors – might be a little surprising, but like it's got to be somebody. And, and the Nets, teams the Nets this game players. are shooting like I I want to watch the stats, but they have not missed a lot of shots. Like they're they're shooting really well from the field. So like it, it's tough to win games when they're shooting that well. I'm in that same thing where it's like, dude, the bottom of the West is just there's so many teams. Mm-hmm. There are probably like two teams in the West that have no chance of making it, maybe one. But then there's so many teams that are gonna get like bunched up from like seven to ten, seven to eleven. Uh, the play-in tournament is going to be very interesting in the West. So these were our biggest surprises, our biggest disappointment predictions. The floor is whoever wants like it. Like who will be the biggest disappointment? Yeah, who do you think will be the biggest disappointment that you're just you're not buying the hype or uh, anything like that? I can lead the charge again. Uh, my take again is not specifically not necessarily Trey Young but Trey Young and the Hawks will disappoint uh, a lot of people stepping on how come Trey Young is a turnstile on defense the offensive numbers are incredible but like he's a turnstile on defense they added some new pieces but the east as a whole has gotten better and they were so terrible last year i don't know i'm just not i'm not buying that they're going to make a big enough leap 
that it's suddenly going to make them not only a playoff team, but a playoff competitor. Their roster makes no sense. The signings that they made, like I understand the Rondo signing, but everything else that don't, I don't. What Dan, uh, Daniel Gallinari said in the offseason, like I want to play somewhere where I can win for a championship. I got my money. Blah, blah, blah. And he signs with the Hawks. Was, yeah. I, this maybe, also... Does he know something that we don't, DJ? Maybe he knows Atlanta's going to be an instant contender. <laughs> he made a deal with the devil to bring a championship to Atlanta. They, they they signed Danilo, but they already have John Collins. Like I liked the Bogdan Bogdanovich signing, and I like the fact that they have Capella. But I don't know their their roster just seems kind of funky to me, and I just don't see Trey Young ever being an NBA average defender. I'll I'll play devil's advocate to the point you said, Cade. What if they brought in Rondo to make up for Trey Young's inefficiency on defense, and that it kind of cancels out? They can't play together. They won't. That's not enough. Well, I know, but I'm saying it makes up for it at least when Trey Young is. Big but but Trey Young's they're also gonna, the whole offense essentially, so they're going to have to cobble together a whole new offensive and system. They would, and they wouldn't be on the floor. I think it'd be a small amount of time to be on the floor at the same time. It's it's also worth pointing out, like we've seen Rondo in a situation like this where he's just checked out like multiple times. So like, like would Dallas. that really Dallas, New Orleans? I mean. We've seen, he, but he no New Orleans. He played really well though. I think that the he Dallas, was definitely checked out in Dallas. Well, Dallas because he got traded there and didn't. And Rick yeah. Carlisle, Rick Carlisle is a tough coach to play with if you're a, a Rondo kind of player. Uh, I thought there was going to be a little Rick Carlisle slant. I was about to say the last, no, the no, last no, place saying, this needs I'm to be for Kevin McCurdy is a is an anti Rick Carlisle podcast. Rondo, but, yeah. Rondo, and Doc Rivers work so well because there was a mutual respect between the both of them. I don't think Rick Carlisle really has that for like like he's very controlling. I feel like when it's comes to his players. Like he wants to be, but like he, like Rondo's and Rondo's a very like vocal player. I don't know. I just think this is gonna work at all. So Kate I, isn't buying. Oh no, go ahead, Abbas. I, I just I, I feel like a lot of guys are gonna be playing out of position, and it's kind of what Kate said too. It's like Gallinari, you're signing a, a power forward when you have John Collins. Like the starting lineup, who's playing defense in that starting lineup besides Capella? Bogdanovich isn't a good defender. Trey Young isn't a good defender. Collins isn't a good defender. Whoever they're gonna start at small forward. It's probably what it's going to be one of the younger guys. It's right. going to be Reddish who can defend, or DeAndre Hunter who can defend, but still. But like you're you're relying on like a 21 year old or a 22 year old to be the second best defender in your lineup. I, I don't. Yeah. I just I don't really understand. It's like you got Chris Dunn, you got Rondo, but it's like how much are these bench players going to play? Where they're going to flip the defense when your what your top three players don't play defense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The. Um, this is my disapp- this is my biggest disappointment too is the Hawks in general, um, because this, what what was the biggest thing they needed to address this offseason was their defense and they bring in Chris Dunn and Rondo and those are basically the only two uh, big defensive moves they make and to Abbas's point like are the I just don't think they're going to be on the court enough for uh, for that to have a huge impact defensively. Trey Young's gonna Trey Young does a lot of really nice stuff. He stuffs the stat sheet. He's a really fun player to watch, but until it translates to not being one of the worst teams in the NBA, I'm just not going to be very impressed by it. So we have two picks for the Atlanta Hawks. Boston DJ, do you guys have a team or a player that would be a biggest disappointment or you're just not buying into the hype? Um, I'm going to say the Mavericks with Kristaps because of his health. Mm. I, I, I'm not sold on him staying healthy in – them like progressing well in the playoffs because of his health. I mean, I think Luca's gonna do his thing, but like, it was like last was it? Would he have a meniscus surgery or something like that in the, in the off season? Hard what to keep it? track. 
it was he had some another surgery on his knee in the offseason and it's just like it's adding up that's the second one he's what seven three like that's it's look it's not looking good for him and then, uh, so I'm not really sold on the Mavericks at all Abbas your uh, biggest disappointment well, honestly, now that I know there's a Sixers fan here, I don't know if I want to say it. <laughs> say it. I'm, don't don't I'm let Kate. I'm not looking forward to any of the 76ers stuff. I still feel like that their biggest thing that I just that that annoyed me about them is that they never have a closer. They don't like since Butler left, they don't have a guy who can just take over in the last second of the game. I I I love Simmons and I love Embiid, but they didn't get. They need like. I feel like Derrick Rose would be fun in Philly. Uh, that's that's Truder, the Chicago. That's the Truder Chicago Bulls fan talking. Okay, Schroeder. Schroeder would have been fun in 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 Philly. I just I feel like it would be nice to see somebody like that. Um, I do think they traded out a lot of that defense for offense, which I like. I like that they got Curry. Uh, <laughs> I I don't know how much I, I like the like the backup center moves. I feel like those could have that that money or those moves could have been used on like wing players. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like sticking with Tobias Harris is just going to come back to hurt them all the time. Cause I feel like Tobias Harris is very underwhelming. Uh, I feel like he's never going to live up to the contract. What would it um, take for Philadelphia to improve? Is it getting somebody that is a closer or is it changing the style of how they play? A dynamic wing score that like is consistent yeah. that can shoot the ball. We need Basically James Harden. <laughs> Basically, Harden or like a McCollum or a yeah. Beal, somebody but, like that. Matisse, Matisse might take a step this year. Hopefully, he's already a great defender. It's all about his consistency with offense now. I think is where he'll his next progression. Is, he is just so annoying because he will go seven for seven for a game, and then the next two games he'll go zero for fifteen across the three games, and then he'll go seven for seven again. And it's just I wish I wish we could find some middle ground. Yeah, he was playing well in the bubble. He was playing well. Great defender. He's, He's a great an defender. incredible hands, defender. His hands, his swingspan's long. His, he has great hands and uh, like pass. Uh, what's it called? What's the word for it? Plays the passing lanes really well. Um, his anticipation skills. Yeah. Um, I'm going to throw out a team that wasn't mentioned that I w- that could fall into the what we think will be the biggest disappointment, or it could be the biggest surprise. It's really tough to feel uh, to you know to gauge how this team will go. What are your guys' thoughts about the Phoenix Suns? I'm I'm bullish on the Suns, uh, and it's mostly because I'm a huge Chris Paul defender slash supporter. I think his career is going to be uh, very underappreciated and misremembered because he never got that ring. But look, Chris Paul, everywhere he goes, everybody automatically becomes better. Look how think about what we think of the Thunder right now. Think of what we thought the Thunder were going to be last year. We thought they were just going to be this awful team. Chris Paul will be gone by the trade deadline. And, you know, maybe Chris Paul is able to help out SGA. They were the sixth seed last year. Yeah. I think – and this Phoenix team with Chris Paul is much better than that Thunder team with Chris Paul. And you add I, – I think Devin Booker is going to be uh, – you know, I think he's going to be unlocked in even bigger extent. I think the pick and roll with Aiton and Chris Paul is going to be really good. I'm just really excited about uh, how, how much Chris Paul changes the entire – dynamic of that whole team yeah i think Aiden will definitely take a big step forward this year with chris paul as point guard i think that this could be a sneaky good pick for disappointing if chris paul gets hurt 
which is something that could happen. I think assuming, assuming health, assuming everyone's healthy, I have them a playoff lock. But if Chris Paul misses 40 games, if Devin Booker gets hurt, just because not saying he's injury prone, but it could happen. If DeAndre Ayton gets another PED suspension, one of those (laughs) things happens. Suddenly we're looking at a team that isn't so good on paper. So I guess we'll see. Mm -hmm. But I'm also bullish on the Suns for the record. Before we get into the one through eight and our conference finals and NBA finals predictions, um, the rookie of the year, coach of the year, MVP picks. Um, obviously, the four of you guys don't have to do all three. You can just throw me a couple names, whether it be you can talk about a dark horse candidate or you, you can talk about your real life candidate. If anybody has any talking points they want to say regarding those three categories. If the uh-huh. Trailblazers are like... <laughs> good enough to be a top four seed this year. Uh, I I think Lillard could be like a, a very dark horse MVP candidate, depending on how the other big names do. Like if, if, if Harden is having a little bit of a tough time, depending on where he is, Giannis, I mean, Giannis is Giannis, but like if LeBron's having a tough time, AD maybe, if they have like a slower start because of the uh, short off season, I feel like Lillard, if he's still putting up numbers, and the Blazers are performing well, which they seem set up to do. I feel like he could enter that conversation after like being on the fringes for like the last four years. Um, it would just make me happy. <laughs> I know it would definitely like, you're definitely going to say that to root for it. Um, I, I, I think it's interesting, especially because he could capitalize on how hot he was in the bubble, especially towards the back end of the regular season bubble games. And then for a short period um, in the, I want, it was like the playing game and then against the, uh, against the Lakers. Um, so definitely a dark horse MVP pick. I mean, let, let's be honest. This is, this is a narrative award. And I think, you know, for that reason, I actually think Kevin Durant has a really good shot at it just in terms of the redemption arc. I even thought this before uh, watching this game tonight where he looks to be pretty much what he was beforehand. Um, yeah, I th- this is, you know, that's the thing. I think voters are going to, I think they're tired of voting for Giannis. They got tired of voting for Steph. Uh, they're not going to vote for Harden anymore after what we see year in and year out of the playoffs. So, you know, I think obviously Kevin Durant's won it before, but it's almost, it's a little bit like, it's a little bit like Pat Mahomes, like in the sense that we just we're so used to this guy being so sick that like right. we tend to underappreciate it. Uh, I you can say the same thing about a lot of guys like LeBron, for example. But you know, I think. Uh, but to Abbas's point about Lill- like Lillard's somebody that people like. People like kind of the small market, uh, you know, quote unquote, little guys. So for me, it's Durant almost. You know, I don't want to take anything away from him, but it's Durant because I think the narrative is going to be kind of impossible for uh, voters to deny. Mm-hmm. You saying it's a narrative award, you, we were too afraid to say it, but you yourself and just spoke what we were all that. thinking. Think about it. Think about it. It's always been a narrative award. Obama had, had two more by now if it wasn't a narrative award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, we like to vote for what's new or for what's a good story. I think the, the key ingredients for, to win any of these awards is you got to have the stats. You got to exceed expectations. And I had a third thing and I immediately forgot it. But the stats and exceeding expectations are the two keys, uh, plus the narrative. And so for those reasons, I think that 
the rookie of the year lock. I'm going to lock it in right now, December 22nd, 8.58 p.m. LaMelo Ball will be your rookie of the year, assuming he's healthy. He's going to have the stats because everyone on Charlotte sucks. He's going to exceed expectations because everyone on Charlotte sucks, so doing anything exceeds expectations. He's going to have the narrative because you're going to have LaVar Ball in your ear, and you're going to have Michael Jordan running the shadow campaign. LaMelo Ball will be your rookie of the year. I guarantee it. Uh, my, I, I agree with you because they, I'm just going to read you their names. He's not, starting, I, He's not even starting on that team. Well, I, I'm not, I'm going to say this. I don't think they'll make the playoffs, but I think Charlotte could be an entertaining team to watch. They're going to be fun to watch. Well, they're going to be fun to watch, which adds to LaMelo ball, but I'm going to disagree with you about the, they, they're a bad team or because everybody else sucks. You said it is because everybody else sucks. And I'm going to disagree with you because they have the Martin brothers. They have Malik Monk. Devontae Graham's really good. Hayward, if he's healthy, I like what I've seen out of Miles Bridges so far. And you never know what happens with Nick Richards, Carey, Bismack Biambo, Cody Zeller. Like I know like this, this, this yells out like a college all-star lineup, but I'm, you know what, Kate, I'm going to say this. To your point of LaMelo Ball, I'm excited for Charlotte. Charlotte's cool in my book. The Charlotte's going to be a fun team to watch. Jake, you just read out a a list of names. Some of those people, I'm surprised, are in the NBA to begin with, and some, I'm surprised, are still in the NBA. Fair enough. Nothing nothing that makes me think that LaMelo – he's going to have the highlight package. He will will have the highlight package. Over time, we'll make sure he gets the rookie of the year. I think one of Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier is going to get traded to make room for their new ascendant number three pick. So I think think he's going to have as good a shot as anybody. I really hope they – like excommunicate Biombo and Zeller and just play Washington <laughs> at the five. Yeah. Because I think it'll just be yes. more entertaining. I don't want to see Cody Zeller. I don't want to see Zeller <laughs> on the court. I don't want to see <laughs> Biombo on the court. Nobody wants to see that. That's like, that, that's are you 2012 shocked? NBA. Kate and boss, are you shocked to learn that uh, crunch time? I know Jack can't defend it for me, but I'll defend it for him. That crunch time on Radio DePaul Sports is a pro Cody Zeller, Bismack Biombo podcast. I'm not surprised. At I all. am shocked to hear that. <laughs> Isn't Biombo leveraged one good playoff game into like a, an eighty million dollar contract? Yeah. And that's why that's, every team has been on. That's since. why we love him. Oh, he is and, a the bag all star. And it was a backup deal too. He got eighty million to be a backup. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, that he was, was like Hornets to give out the best deal in the NBA. Didn't they sign Batum that same offseason? Yes. Uh, Michael Wait, Jordan, didn't Biombo get a, signed by? Uh, didn't the Magic sign Biombo? The Magic signed him. The Magic signed him to be Vucevic's. Yeah, Charlie's like we'll take there. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we heard Lamelo Ball. Does anybody have anything regarding MVP, Rookie of the Year, Coach um, of the Year, DJ? So for my my MVP picks, there's a couple storylines I can see happening. I could see the Damian Lillard one definitely. Uh, Anthony Davis, I could also see taking a being the front runner for that. If the Warriors turn out to be a really good team and somehow miraculously are playing really well and Steph is playing at an all-star level again, like a superstar level, like then you could definitely be a front runner for that award. But my sleeper pick for the the, the MVP, which could, you could say it's biased, but I say Jason Tatum. How so? I think Jason Tatum is going to enter a new, uh, even more killer mentality this year and is going to be averaging like 27, 28 points a game. It seems like he's growing every single year. You know me, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. all aboard the Jason Tatum MVP pick, yeah. but it seems like he's been getting better every single year. And I think and I think a lot of it, I mean, 
Kemba's not gonna be Kemba's gonna be out for a while, so he's gonna have to be that leading scorer, like regardless if Kemba was there. Um, I saw a head shake by Cade McCurdy. Cade, are you telling me you're not hoping that a former Duke Blue Devil would win the MVP award? Or are you just shaking your head no? Think he because would. because Boston. First, I want to quote a YouTube top ten video for I believe eight hours, which was balling on your boys. I feel like Jason Tatum. Um, unfortunately he's on the Celtics. So he's got to share the rock with a, an admittedly talented team that I despise. Yeah. Um, he's got to move the rock around. Also, I, I feel as Charlie said earlier, it's, there needs to be some sort of buzz for a guy coming into the year. I don't think there's ever been a guy who's come into a year and surprisingly won the MVP. I think every MVP winner, there's been there's at least been some sort of media buildup behind them, and I just have not seen that behind. I, I mean, I would argue I saw a little bit of the back half before. I think what when in the back the back half of the NBA season, like right as it got postponed, Tatum was building a little media. He had this insane like two or three week stretch right before yeah. The, yeah. Uh, the season hit pause. Yeah, and and Steph, I mean Steph Curry is one that came into the 2015 season where he had like not really MVP buzz, like where he was the front runner for that award. It's definitely. I mean, he he's young, so I think that's a that's a storyline that could work. And like, I think he he has the potential to. But you're right; he does have to share the ball with a lot of uh, like his share with uh, Jalen Brown. Well, like, if, if Boston gets sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. No, you're good. Like, if Boston gets like a top two seed in the East, it's going to be because of Tatum. Mm-hmm. And if if that happens, and Tatum's for sure, like I, no, my whole thing is like I don't know if that's necessarily going to happen but like the if that's what happens it's not out of the world of possibility in my opinion because that's still a pretty talented team uh but if they get one of those two seeds it's going to be because of him and if that's the case then he's for sure in that conversation um a boss your thoughts on mvp rookie of the year coach of the year as we're circling around i think coach of the year is easy you're you're on you're unmuted honestly uh i don't have anything on rookie of the year um, I, I said Wiseman, but um, I feel like it's a it's a tie. I, I I don't really know how I'm feeling about rookie of the year because there wasn't like a guy who really stood out. Yeah. Uh, at least like the way like I mean like Zion last year, uh, coach of the year. I I I'm feeling Rick Carlisle. Um, I feel like uh, especially this year because like Porzingis is going to be missing a lot. He's going to be kind of rusty coming back. Uh, and I think their whole identity has like flipped because last year was like this team was all offense, never played defense, didn't have a guy who could stop anyone. Uh, but this year it's like, you know, you've switched a lot of that out. Like Curry is gone. You've got Richardson in. Uh, and honestly, I feel like they're going to find a way to get into like, I don't know if they'll get into a top four seed, but I think they'll hang around towards the, middle to top uh and i think it's gonna be uh, carlisle here's my thing about carlisle i feel like you could make an argument for carlisle every year that they succeed because he always finds a way to succeed with scum no offense (laughs) um i mean like i don't know how you can do what you do when tim hardaway is like your third best scorer uh it just doesn't make sense to me it really doesn't make sense i'm I'm gonna tell you right Uh, now he's a he's a magician uh, so I, I think I, I have I feel like there should be a lot of buzz for him. It's it's I'm telling you right now the coach of the year is going to be Steve Nash. 
but just because the Nets are going to be a just successful team. And he might not be doing that much, but, like, with his record and um, maybe the first-year coach, he's going to be a coach of the year. Um, I want to add one tiny thing onto what DJ just said. Yeah. And that is – it's really more of a question than it is a full-fledged thought. Do you think there will be media retribution against not just Kyrie Irving but Nets players in general for how he's been treating the media? Because the media votes on – all of these awards, at least fifty percent of the of the weight of the award, will there be retribution based on what Kyrie's? Been doing? I'm gonna, I, I don't think there will be because I'm going to say the hot take now. I don't think Kyrie has been at, as bad as what everybody thinks yes. he's been towards the media. He, I don't think it's been that bad. I think it's been mostly third party coverage and talking head coverage, talking about how much they hate him. But in terms of, and I'm just going to use this as an example. Um, whenever I think of Kyrie Irving. I think of the hatred that he gets from like talking heads and like coverage, like Twitter and and stuff like that, like Bleach Report articles. Um, But I'll always remember that when somebody asked Doris Burke um, and while everybody here loves Doris Burke, we're going to take her word for it. Um, Somebody asked Doris Burke, who are the two best people to cover? And like to ask questions to and have a conversation with, whether it be off the record, on the record. And her answer was Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, because Kyrie Irving always thinks about his answer before he says it and always gives something detailed and always is very personable. And it seems to me that the people that cover him around the NBA don't mind Kyrie Irving as much hate as he gets from non-journalists, if that makes sense. He gets a lot of hate for one. I think it's because he's... I mean, if you look at like his past interaction with the media, like there's there's always stories going about uh, about him that he didn't like, and that like the the when he was on the Cavs, even the Cavs, where all the stories are published about all the stuff he was saying behind the locker room that like he said wasn't true. Like obviously he's gonna have mis- distrust for them, but he even said like if 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 we're talking basketball, I'll talk to you. Like, but a lot of times when you look at these interviews, they it's not only about basketball, and it's flat Earth and sage around the TD Garden. Yeah, and yeah. Kyrie Kyrie just says a lot of weird. Or like I remember the. When the Bucks used their throwback court, and he was he thought it was like the actual old court instead of yeah. like, so it's like it's right. stuff like that. Um, yeah, he's I don't know. I think look, I think they kind of his teammates kind of hated him at the end of the Boston run, and it really seemed like that they checked out on each other. And I, I don't know, maybe that's uh, maybe that's me kind of being sort of like a talking head, but right. um, there is, uh, it's an interesting question with him because I think you guys are right. Like, I think there is, it's really easy to go out of your way to like hate on Kyrie. Um, but as far as media retribution goes, I, if there is any, it would probably be against just Kyrie, but I don't, it seems like Jacob, as you're kind of saying, like the people in media who have that kind of vote and that kind of sway, sort of get where he's coming from and kind of have that Doris Burke mindset of like, um, almost like DJ said, like, if you're going to, like, if we're going to talk basketball, like, yeah, I'll talk. talk Yeah. He's not, he's not a boring individual that's giving, you know, one word answers. He's he's one of those kids that just, he's like one of those kids that was in high school that just on a different vibe than a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. He's just a little weird, but like, it's not, that's not anything that's crazy that people make him out to be like, he's like this insane, like deranged individual that doesn't want to like talk to the media. And like, it's like, bro, like he's just, he's just doing his own thing. Um, so any final thoughts around those three categories before we dive into the official one through eight and then conference finals and finals picks. 
All right. I only give you guys like two seconds to answer that. We'll get right to it. Um, if anybody wants to go first, I know we're coming up on like the back half slash the end of the podcast. Um, I'm going to shoot for hopefully like 8.30, 9.30 um, Central and Eastern time. That's kind of like a cutoff point. Obviously, a boss, if you have to dip, we'll start with you first then. Um, you don't have to give like a lot of analysis um, into it. You can just read to me your one through eight and then your conference finals and finals picks and then we'll pretty much break it down from there. All right. Yeah. So uh, East, I've got Bucks, uh, number one, uh, Nets, two, Heat, three, Heat, three, Celtics, four, Toronto, five, uh, Philly, six. Uh, and then I've got Washington, seven, and Indiana, eight. Uh, okay. West, I've got Lakers, Clippers, Blazers, Denver, Utah, Dallas, Phoenix, and then Golden State. And I think in my head, this is assuming Harden is not going to stay. That's a really uh, interesting 1-8 matchup in the first round of the playoffs. I love that 1-8 matchup. I think it's the amazing. Lakers, the Lakers-Warriors first round is going to be... I mean, the Warriors would get, the Warriors would get wiped because there's no one that can guard AD. Yeah, you guys are a lot higher on the Warriors than I am, apparently. <laughs> Dray- Draymond Green is going to have a lot of fun uh, guarding Anthony Davis if that ends up happening. Uh, but Eastern Conference Finals, I've got Milwaukee coming out of the East and the Clippers coming out of the West. Milwaukee, Milwaukee do, you have, do you have anything about Milwaukee beating who and the Clippers? Be- you said Clippers beating, like your conference Milwaukee, final. yeah. Your your conference finals. Who, who I um who does Milwaukee beat and who does Los Angeles beat? Okay, you, uh, you didn't. If I you didn't, didn't come up with that, no, but I no, feel like yeah, no I feel like it would end up being. I I think the Heat make it to the conference finals again. Um, I just have faith in Adebayo having a insane improvement. I think like, like we kind of said, I think Kate, you said it earlier, I feel like the heat are made for the playoffs. Right. Uh, even if it's not a bubble situation, I feel like they're made for that moment. I, I, I feel like as a Bulls fan, I feel like that's what Jimmy Butler was always about. He, he comes up big in the big moments. And I feel like that team is well coached enough mm-hmm. where they'll get back to the conference finals. Uh, and then the Clippers probably over the Lakers. I don't really see the Lakers going out till the conference finals. So why so why Milwaukee? Why Milwaukee? Why Clippers? And then you can get into your finals pick. Uh Milwaukee mostly I feel like they made good improvements. I, I don't think their bench isn't as deep and their shooting probably got a little worse. But I think the trade off between Bledsoe and Holiday is significant enough. Uh I also think Middleton is still improving and Giannis is still Giannis. So I feel like all those guys are just – those two guys are getting better. Uh, DiVincenzo is going to get better too. Right. Uh, so I think they have room for, like, improvement still. Um, also, I feel like – I feel like uh, Bud maybe will make the adjustments this year. Yeah, Boonholzer. Are, are we After, positive uh, DiVincenzo is going to get, like, a lot better though? They just tried to trade oh, I'm him. Not but... saying, like, he, I'm not saying, like – I'm not saying he's going to get a lot better – but, like, there is room for improvement. I'm not saying he's going to be, like, the third best player on the team or anything. I'm just saying, like, as a as a team, they'll improve and, like, individually. Uh, but I think they'll make adjustments this time. And hopefully Giannis has uh, a answer for teams packing the paint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, my, my, my thing with the Bucks is, like, for what they did to get Holiday, I, I don't know why you wouldn't just – go get Chris Paul instead of Holiday. Give him a little bit more to get Paul instead of Holiday. I, I like Holiday, but... Uh, I, don't think, as in, I, did, I don't think money matched up as perfectly. I, I don't know. I thought they had some experience they could have moved off of. 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, they'd be better off with Chris Paul. I won't argue against that. Um, but I feel like they it might be their year. I could also very easily say that the Nets could get it done because of Kevin Durant, but like it's still up in the air on the Nets. And if they stay healthy, I feel like health is their the right. biggest thing. But as for the West, yes, um, I think the Clippers are better this year than last year. And I mean, even DJ, with losing, in the beginning, even with losing Montrezl Harrell. Honestly, I think Ibaka is a better fit. I think Ibaka. No, no, I feel that's like that's a fair take. My I thing agree. with Ibaka is that offensively, um, you're you're still gonna have when Ibaka's on the floor, you're gonna have five shooters. Uh, and Ibaka proved it last year in 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 Toronto as well that like he'll shoot from anywhere on the floor. Now he's right. willing to take the three. He still has that you know that elbow, uh, and I think that. I feel like that'll work better than Harold. Also, I think Ibaka, his defense isn't where it used to be, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like he has more size and I think he'll be a more effective defender than Harold. Harold just seems too undersized. That's uh, a, yeah, I, I think, yeah, that's a fair assessment. Also, I think DJ said it too. It's like Paul George is not coming into the season hurt. And or I think that really, injury. I, yeah, off of an injury, and he's not going to be like missing a bunch of games at the beginning of the season. Right. I think that makes a really big difference. I feel like it always makes a really big difference if somebody is healthy coming into the season. Uh, I think they'll be able to build on their chemistry, and I'm, I don't know, I'm looking forward to the Clippers this year. And then what was it, your, might your finals? Me, uh, I've got Clip, uh, Milwaukee over the Clippers. Milwaukee it, over the Clippers. Look, it also might just be me being so anti-Lakers that I wouldn't even <laughs> dream of putting them in that situation. Wow, the Fair broad enough. hatred. Come on now. Crown the king. That's that's Dude, tough. A, that, that's also I, – I, I easily could have made some shit up and said the Blazers are going to win it all. Are you I, confident I Are you confident in Giannis being able to do that for Milwaukee? I think so. I feel like he's failed a couple of years in a row now. Um. But, like, he gets better every year. He's never going to be a shooter. Right. But I think he can do it. He doesn't need shot. to be. Right. He doesn't need to be. Yeah. Fair enough. That's an interesting take, especially the one through eight. Um, I know the Milwaukee Clippers pick was a very popular pick this past playoff uh, run. Um, but that's interesting. Any, uh, any dissecting points that people want to make? Or uh, we can definitely get on to our next person one through eight in both picks. Let's say that me and a boss have more or less. We have the same teams in the playoffs in both conferences, just in different orders. Mm-hmm. And then we hit the conference finals and we just diverge like, a <laughs> um, but I, I don't, I see the reasoning behind most of what he said, uh, yeah. especially the, the, the Lakers hatred, keeping them out of the finals. So I understand <laughs> why he has the list. He does. It's the same way. I don't have Boston going anywhere. No offense. None no taken. Offense. None <laughs> taken. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not offended by that at all. The Celtics seem to amaze me every year in the playoffs. So. That's true. Um, well, all right, then. If anybody else wants next, the floor is yours. So for my East picks, I have Nets at one. Uh, I got the Bucks at two. Celtics at three. The Heat at four. Sixers at five. Toronto at six. The Wizards at seven. Indiana at eight. Um Coming out the East, I have the Nets winning the Eastern Conference Championship. Then I have the Lakers at one, Clippers at two, Nuggets at three, Dallas at four, Rockets at five, New Orleans at six, Jazz at seven, Warriors at eight. 
Um, and then coming out of the West, I have the Lakers. And then so we're champions. thinking, yeah, yeah. So so break it down for me. I said, uh, and, then, and then my NBA champions, the Lakers. I think back to back. Okay, why do we think? Uh, why do you think LA is going to go back to back? I just think they have the two best players combination in the league. That's really looking at the rosters right now, and they got younger and better than they were last year. You look at their roster; they they picked up Schroeder and um, Montrezl Harrell. They they got rid of uh, Dwight Howard, Javale McGee. were kind of Javale McGee's a liability on defense, and Dwight Howard's on the older side. I think they're just their rosters built better, and Wesley Matthews too. I think they picked up Wesley Matthews, right? Yes, yeah, yes, so. it did. I think, and I think you know, Anthony Davis can come back even stronger than he was last year, and Braun's still going to be Braun. So, I is Avery Bradley good. coming back for the Lakers? No, he's on a different team. He's on. Is, um, I think he's on Miami. Miami. Yeah, Miami. He's on Miami now. Okay, okay, okay. That's, I f- forgot whether or not he had left. <laughs> did um, he get a ring or no? He gets a ring. I right? believe I he did. He does. Yeah. So yeah, you said. So you said. I think I heard you correctly. You said Brooklyn out of the East. So why, why, why Brooklyn? I'm watching this game, and I think Kyrie and Kevin Durant are on a mission this year, and they're going to be real tough to beat. I think the, the two best combos again. I think it's the the between the two sides of the conferences, they each these teams have the two like best combos of players, and the Nets are really deep. They're like ten guys deep. Like, yeah, that's, I think. No, you gotta go. You can go. Yeah, like I'm watching the Nets, and their second unit is out there, and Karis Levert is their yeah. is leading their second unit. Like that's crazy. And Jared Allen's coming off the bench too. Like they're they're a deep team. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised at all to be in the, the the Bucks really like I know they picked up Drew Holiday, but like they, that's really all they did. Like I I don't I don't I'm not sold on the Bucks. I I, I agree with you. Um I remember watching Karis Levert working Karis Levert wonders, especially that game against Portland in the bubble, and even just Karis and Brooklyn success. Although it was limited because they didn't have KD and Kyrie, and they pretty much were the equivalent of a G League team against the Raptors, mm-hmm. um, playing really, really well as a ball club, and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, "Well, if Kyrie and KD come back to this team, they're really good." And so I, I do agree with you. Um, what is preventing is is for the rest of the teams in the East, because there's a lot of solid teams. Is it just, is what's preventing them just the fact that they happen to be in the same conference as KD, or is it like something else that's limiting them? Like for, I'll I'll give you a team, for instance, when it comes to the Celtics, is it something within the Celtics that's limiting them from going to the finals? Or is it just so happened to be because they're in the same conference as Brooklyn and the same thing for Miami. When it gets, when it gets the playoffs, I know teams are deep and stuff, but when you it just talent, I think a lot of times talent outweighs the deepness of certain teams. And when you have two of the best players in the league on your team, it's really tough to beat them, especially right. when they're at their highest level. Charlie, Cade, any 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 points about what uh, what DJ made before we get to the two of you? I'll make my points. That'll kind of respond to DJ when I give my list. Fair <laughs> enough, then. Charlie, yeah, I'll you? I'll just give my list because DJ and I have a pretty similar. Uh, results. So I have uh, Brooklyn, Milwaukee in the East. I have Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philly, uh, Miami, Boston, Toronto, Washington, Indiana, and then in the West, uh, you know, I'm I'm uh, I'm riding my bold prediction. Uh, I have Denver. I have Denver as the one seed. The Lakers, uh, the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Blazers, the Suns, the Grizzlies, and the Jazz. And then I have uh, Lakers over Nets in the finals. My first question, that's interesting. Why Boston fifth seed? 
and the Sixers the third seed. I just so uh, the Sixers. So I have Doc Rivers as my uh, as my coach of the year, just 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 for the fun of it. Uh, and I figured if I'm gonna if I'm gonna say that, I should probably have Sixers as a three seed. But I think they're not gonna have Kemba. Like I, I just worry without Kemba how the ball distribution is gonna work. I'm pretty tired of watching Marcus Smart pull from 20 feet with 20 <laughs> seconds left on the shot clock. Um, Fair yeah, it's, Marcus Smart's a love-pay relationship with me. It's like, yeah, great play, Marcus. Then it's like, why? Just why yeah. would you do that? Stop shooting the ball. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think it's more – honestly, it's more about my optimism uh, for Philly than it is any strong pessimism for Boston. Right. Is uh, when it comes to Miami, and I'll ask this for Charlie and DJ because you guys both had Brooklyn coming out of the East, and if Kate has Brooklyn coming out of the East, then you can definitely respond to this as well. Uh, Miami not being able to repeat their success by making a, another consecutive finals appearance is that because Brooklyn happens to have Kevin Durant and Kyrie? Um, or is it yeah, another reason? That's probably the biggest part of it. I just it's it's very easy to say, well, if this guy takes a step forward, but like Miami has a few guys where if they get improved, like if they get consistency from Hero, if Bam's able to take another step, that's automatically one of the three best teams in the conference and could very well be Brooklyn. But I just think right now, it, even with Brooklyn, like my whole thing with a team that is normally like Brooklyn, where they assemble kind of this uh, all-star cast, uh, I'd be worried of like, you know, oh, well, they've never really been there before, but carrying uh, Katie have both been there before so it's uh, it, I don't really even have that concern and I just think ultimately the talent on Brooklyn is just so overwhelming that even as uh, you know kid compared it to a paramilitary down in Miami even a team that's as well run as the heat I just think ultimately I think the amount of talent that Brooklyn has would uh, overcome what Miami could throw at them Kid McCurdy bring us home on this one all right, here's my list. And the only thing I'm going to say before I give the list is I am operating under the assumption James Harden will be traded and I don't know when. Okay. So that is the only caveat to my list. So in the East, I've got the Bucks at one, Celtics two, Sixers three, Nets four, Heat five, Raptors six, Pacers seven, Wizards eight. And out of the West, I have the Nuggets one, as I said before, the Clippers at two, the Lakers at three, Mavs four, Suns five, Blazers six, New Orleans seven, and Jazz eight. I originally had the Warriors instead of New Orleans at seven, but I decided this is my list and it's going to be biased, <laughs> so I'm putting New Orleans there. Um, then, so my first question to you is, why Brooklyn at four? You think they struggle a little bit? I think that they would be wise to load manage Kyrie, who is injury prone, and KD coming back from an Achilles. So I feel like they shouldn't That's play them actually. enough games to get the first or second seed. Certainly they could maybe contend for the third. You think they will? Like, you think they're going to be smart enough to do that or no? I think they should. I think if they don't, they are risking a lot for yeah. guys. They have a couple more years of, um, then I also think that they will have a mid season funk of some sort where they lose two or three games in a row. And like, Kyrie, I don't mean to be the guy who slanders Kyrie because I like Kyrie and I do think he gets like undeserved hate, but I do think that him and KD are two of the more temperamental superstars in the league. They'll get in a funk, they'll lose 
six of 10, they'll figure it out and they'll start rolling again. But I, I see that happening too. And that'll probably knock them out of contention for the one seed. Your conference finals predictions. I have the, oh, got to scroll back up. I've got the Lakers versus the Nuggets in the West. And I have the Bucks versus the Sixers in the East. And then I have the Lakers and the Sixers winning. And then the Lakers is my champions. Lakers over who? Over the Sixers. Over the Sixers. Okay, so, uh, wow. So this was definitely different from DJ and Charlie. Why, why, we've definitely heard everything that needs to be said about LA. Why Philadelphia and why not Brooklyn? Just to go off of what Charlie and DJ predicted. So my pick wasn't so much on, I am bullish on the Sixers. I think this is the team it's not the best, the most talented 76ers team of the Simmons and Bead era, but I think it's the team that makes the most sense so far around those two. Um, I think that Doc, I love Brett Brown and I wish him the best, but I think that Doc Rivers is a much better playoff coach than Brett Brown and can make necessary in-game and over a series adjustments. So I think that'll help. And Doc and has I, a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove. He's got a chip on his shoulder, as do Simmons and Embiid, who – Despite everything else, you could say so much about why the pairing doesn't work. They have shown no ill will towards each other ever. Like there's not been any beef. There's not been media backlash. Like they have want to try to make this work. This pick will also look genius if Harden ends up on the Sixers, but that's not why I made it. Mm-hmm. Um, so why not Brooklyn? I think that one Kyrie – I just think that the Nets are going to need a year to figure it out. Someone in the playoffs is going to hit them with something they haven't seen before. They're going to be two new teammates in a new situation. And a new head coach. And a new head coach that is unproven, although Steve Nash is a basketball savant. So maybe I'm not giving him enough credit, but I just think they're going to, they'll probably be my finals pick next year, but I think they're going to need a year to figure it out. And there's a lot of, there's a sneaky good amount of trap East teams you could play. That's a fair point. That's Bucks, a fair point. The Sixers, the Celtics, the Heat, all teams that can give you potentially Second, battle. Even the Raptors could give you a track. battle in the East. If just one of them comes out firing on all cylinders, they could surprise the next. Right. And I would say your pick, your point of they need a year, that's kind of like – I don't know if you said this last year. I'll give you credit if you did. It's kind of like what I was thinking when it came to the Los Angeles Clippers. A lot of people mm-hmm. like them to go to the finals last year. But I was thinking with Kawhi, Paul George, they need at least one season to figure it out. Um, I'll say this before we round out my, my, my two points. Um, I agree that it could be that – like the pick of LA that looks really, really good. Um, I would like to think Giannis figures it out, but maybe not. Um, I wouldn't be surprised. I don't have it all mapped out for you, but I wouldn't be surprised at least from a narrative standpoint that the Clippers, after everything that's been said, how much hate and how, you know, they got, they turned into a meme. um, They kind of bounce back and Paul George, has a definitely, you know, a redemption tour in the postseason. Patrick Beverly, which I would hate to see, definitely gets his redemption in terms of everybody was clowning him with Cancun. Um, and then maybe Kawhi Leonard and especially Ty Lu because of a new head coach. Um, but I'm just going to say this about the three of your uh, your guys' predictions because uh, a boss unfortunately had to leave. But same, same thing applies to him. I am severely disappointed in all three of you that when it comes to the Eastern Conference, you did not have the Orlando Magic because I want to keep the game one first round streak alive as possible. I, I don't care at, 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 at what cost. Who cares? 
Um, but I think that if we keep the Orlando Magic streak alive, the longer Jake, the better. I have one point to add. Here's here's my theory. The Magic make the play-in game as like the 10 seed, so they need to win two games. The game one Magic lives on, so they win the first game. That is their game one. Then they lose the next two games and they're I'll out. Take, I'll take that. As long as there is a game one postseason Orlando Magic, then I'm good at this point. Okay. I was, sorry, I was laughing because I was looking at Twitter and Chris Webber's getting slandered for his commentary. Chris Webber, I there there is no hate. Uh, this is a so pro funny. Chris Webber podcast. I think that Chris Webber and Reggie. Bro, no, no, the TNT has the worst announcers. Reggie Miller and Chris Webber need to never, especially Kevin Harlan too, bro. Like I'm just listening to him talk. They like talk about nonsense. He said, "DJ Morrell, welcome to your Kodak moment." <laughs> He said, he said, this is the best time to be a fan right now because if your team wins, they're undefeated. And if they lose, they're still in the playoff race. Ah, that's, that is, that is not. I just, I just like Chris Weber because he, he gets really mad at guys who did the exact same stuff that he did. Like, this guy just never lives up to his potential. Here's a textbook example of that. Jake, look what I sent you. Look what I sent you. I would definitely, I would definitely take a look. Um, But that that that's actually pretty funny. I can't, I can't even see it, but it was just you like it's static. It's static. It's static. Um, the three of you guys in for a boss. I'll text the boss separately. I appreciate you guys for giving me your insight for about an hour and a half. I'm glad I wasn't able to take any of you away from opening night because it was a blowout. Um, I would have felt bad if. I mean, yeah, you distracted <laughs> me from my Warriors losing, so I'm happy. <laughs> Um, well, I'm glad if you're happy, I'm happy. Um, but for Abbas Dadwala, Charlie Bevins, Cade McCurdy, DJ Morrell, I am Jacob Robinson. We appreciate you guys for tuning in to the emergency podcast uh, edition for the NBA start to the regular season um, on Radio DePaul Sports, the student voice of your DePaul Blue Demons.